BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars rewards. That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate. Episode 183 of the Aggressive Progressive Podcast. Suddenly everybody's getting an independent streak. Let's start the show. We are now the defenders of the stronghold of democracy and of equal opportunity. Welcome to the Aggressive Progressive Podcast. I am your host, Christopher Hahn, the Aggressive Progressive, as I'm sometimes called. Hope you guys had a great weekend. Enjoyed some time, celebrated the Democratic victory in Georgia over, I, I think, perhaps one of the most flawed candidates uh, in America. I don't think he was the worst person Republicans put up. I think that reward goes to Carrie Lake, and she shows it every single day with her ramblings about how she was robbed of the election and it was stolen and rigged, and then offers no evidence whatsoever to support those claims. And yet, you know, there are idiots that believe her. And yeah, I called them idiots. And uh, yeah, you are an idiot. If you believe people who tell you something is wrong, that they've been wronged because they lost and offer you no evidence, then you are not a smart person. Let's just leave it at that. You know, you're basically listening to the kid who turns over the Monopoly board when he lands on boardwalk with a hotel if he doesn't own it. That's what Trump is. That's what Carrie Lake is. That's what everybody who loses and cries foul is. At least Herschel Walker, when he lost, said, I lost. Tip his ha- tip your cap to him for doing what every person who's run in this country has done for hundreds of years. I digress. Not the topic I want to talk about today. By the way, I have a great guest. Uh, I had a long conversation with my good friend, Sarah Burris. It's goofy. It's fun. It's political. You're going to enjoy it. Uh, we really rip apart uh, this Fuentes character a little bit in a way that probably cost me a few affiliates. I felt the affiliates canceling my show as I was having this conversation. So uh, take a listen. None of you will think it's outrageous because you're listening to my podcast. You've chosen to listen to a guy who calls himself the aggressive progressive. So I assume you're going to enjoy it. Uh, and you've been listening to me for years. If uh, if my research is correct, most of my listeners have been with me for years Uh, But every week we grow, so keep it up. Appreciate it. But before I get into that uh, interview, let me address the elephant in the room, although I wouldn't call her an elephant because she's an independent. Uh, Kristen Sinema, who I have spent time with in my life prior to her becoming a U.S. senator, prior to her becoming a member of Congress, actually. She was a state senator who was about to run for Congress when I spent a weekend with her and several other progressives in Colorado 
Uh, and I came away thinking, man, she's kind of liberal. You think she could get elected in Arizona? Let me explain what I think is going on here in Arizona. And, you know, tweet at me, at Christopher Hahn, if you think I'm wrong. Um, here's the thing. She was absolutely facing a Democratic primary. It was very clear there were a lot of serious contenders thinking about it. One of them, I mean, I think the most serious one is Congressman Gallego, who would have had to give up his seat in the House of Representatives to run for the United States Senate, and he probably would have won a primary against her. Let's let's be clear. She has put him in a horrible position by announcing she's an independent. And by the way, for those of you who worried that the Democrats have lost their majority, she is still going to caucus with the Democrats. Chuck Schumer announced today that she will still have her committee assignments. She is a Democrat in everything but name in the Senate. But she's made it very difficult for Democrats in Arizona to oust her if she wants. And let me tell you why. And it should be very simple and very plain to most people. Now, a serious candidate like Gallego has to give up his seat to run as a Democrat in what is very likely to be a three-way race for Senate. And should there be a three-way race for Senate featuring Kristen Sinema, it is very unlikely that the Democrat is going to win that race. Yes, Gallego would have beaten her in a primary when the activists are the primary voters. But in a general election, in a three-way race, he will lose some Democrats to her. He will lose many independents to her. And the Republican will likely get the plurality in a three-way race. Either way, I find it hard to believe that the Democrat wins that race. I think the Republicans get what the Republicans normally get in in, uh, in Arizona, which in Senate races seem to be about 47% now. And then the Democrats split everything else, which means Ruben Gallego has to give up his House seat to lose to a Republican in the U.S. Senate ultimately. Which means Arizona Democrats now have a very difficult decision to make. Do they give her her line on the Democratic Party line? Or do they face a potential loss of a U.S. Senate seat? Now, my vote would be to keep Kristen Sinema in the Senate. Now, I don't agree with everything she does. (laughs) You know, there are a lot of things that, that frustrate me about her as they frustrate a lot of people in this country. I'd rather have her than a Republican. I think that she's somebody we can work with. I know she votes for the judges we put up. So what do you want? Who do you want in that seat? That's going to be the choice for Arizona Democrats. And I think they're going to get a lot of pressure from the National Party. And I don't know the, I don't know this firsthand. This is my theory and mine alone. I think she's going to, they're going to get a lot of pressure to give her the line, to give her the Democratic line. And not have or not have a serious Democratic candidate there. Similar to what they did in Utah. Because if you have a three-way race, the Democrat loses. So Cinema has basically said, you know what? You're going to primary? Go ahead. I'm going to run as an independent. Then you get nothing. And she cut it off early. Which, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, me, 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 me. Yeah, I'm sorry. They're all me, 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 me. Okay? Every single one of them. Stop, you know, saying how selfish she's being. No. It was a shrewd political move. X's and O's politics. 
she has basically said to the activists in the Democratic Party, I'm not going to let you take me out. I agree with you on 70 to 80% of the thing. And you want to take me out because you didn't like the fact that I wasn't willing to go with a $2 trillion bill or, you know, pick the one or two things you didn't like about her. Major pieces of legislation that she held up. And yeah, she did. She held up major pieces. But remember, not everybody who's in the United States Senate lives in a district like, you know, the most liberal Democratic seat, let's say uh, Astoria, Queens, if you will. Sometimes you got to appeal to the middle to win. And Democrats should be more accepting of members who need to appeal to the middle. Uh, I don't like everything Joe Manchin, uh, Joe Manchin does, but Joe Manchin is the best we are ever going to get from West Virginia. Joe Manchin is not the Democrat from West Virginia. It won't be a Democrat from West Virginia. It'll be a pretty far-right Republican, I might add. Same thing in Arizona. The Republicans in Arizona are downright crazy. They are Kerry Lakish. You want Kerry Lake to be the senator from Arizona? You better figure out a way to support cinema. And, and, and I know, I know it's a hard pill to swallow. And I know you're like, Chris, you're the aggressive progressive. Why aren't you out there? No, I'm the aggressive progressive because I'm a Democrat who likes to win I want to win elections. You know, to quote the great James Carville, all of this debating, all this jockeying for position, all the great ideas people have mean nothing without power. If you don't have power, you have nothing. You give the majority back to the Republicans in the U.S. Senate, get ready for more justices like Alito and Thomas and Amy Coney Barrett. Bryant or whatever her name is. Get ready. Get ready for another Neil Gorsuch. That's what you're going to get if you get rid of cinema in Arizona. She votes for our judges. That's a pretty good that's a pretty good deal. Once in a while we got to deal with her on some things. But she made a deal. And I I I I don't I don't know. I mean, I think that's the way the Senate's supposed to be. It's supposed to make deals. It's not supposed to be, senators are not supposed to be rubber stamps of their party. That's the problem I have with the Senate right now. The Senate is no longer the cooling saucer of the Republic. It's basically the House of Representatives with six-year terms. For the most part, there's still a lot of senators who, who, who think of themselves as statesmen or stateswomen, statespeople. So that's where we are in the in the in the saga of, of Christian cinema. And it's a a dilemma for a lot of people on the left. It's a big problem for the Arizona Republic uh, Democrats. Uh, she's going to run in 2024, whether they want her to or not. And if she runs, no other Democrat can win. And she's boxed them in, and she did it now so that Ruben Gallego doesn't have to waste his time building up a war chest to run for Senate. He's going to go home for Christmas, and he's going to come back, and he's going to decide not to run. Mark my words. It was a shrewd play. She has closed it out in December of two years before her nomination. So, all right, I'm going to take a quick break and I'm going to be back. I'm going to talk to my good friend, Sarah Burris, who if I would have had this conversation with me, she probably would have had some choice words for uh, Kristen Cinema, but she would have agreed with me that it was a shrewd political war. Uh, so stick around. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. 
jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio, and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. So I'm back. Uh, great guest, Sarah Burris from Raw Stories. She's a regular on the Krishan Show. Uh, and I had to bring her in tonight because who better to talk about the fact that Nick Fuentes is a 40-year-old virgin uh, than my friend Sarah Burris. Uh, Sarah, how you doing? That poor man. I mean, don't you think, like, if he would just, like, give in to the desires, which I guess he has no desire to be with women. If you listen to anything this guy says, he hates women. Hates them. Um, If he just gave in to his sexual desires, whatever they are, that maybe he wouldn't be so angry. Well, yeah. I mean, I think anybody who isn't getting laid enough, clearly that is the source of their issues. Um, I mean, I think it's the problem in the Middle East, right? There are too many men, not enough women, and their, you know, Sharia law doesn't really allow them to to indulge. But I think, I mean, for somebody who really, really hates women as much as he does, I mean, then you're just kind of like, dude, just find a boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah, dude, it's okay. It's fine. Like, it's the year, I mean, they just passed a law. You're, I mean, you're... Just be you. It's okay. I mean, somebody needs to grab that guy and say, Nick, it's okay. Like, who? It's okay to be gay. It's okay to be gay. It's fine. It's you you be you. You be, or maybe he's not gay. We already already know it. Everybody already knows. Everybody who's ever met him knows it. (laughs) I've never met him, but like he, you know, look, I've I've listened to far too much of his stuff the last couple weeks because I had no idea who he was. And everybody's freaking out. Nick Fuentes, Nick Fuentes. First thing I do whenever there's like some crazy conservative, I find out if I was ever on TV with them, right? <laughs> or, you know, or, or some other medium. Yeah. And, and I wasn't. I've never been on with any Nick Fuentes. Uh, and then I just listened to some clips. And uh, yeah, the guy hates women. He, uh, he says that sex with women is not very masculine. Think yeah. about that. Think about that, Sarah. Right. I mean, and honestly, he kind of seems like he hates everything. He Um, hates everything because he's miserable. Because he needs to get laid. Right. It's the same reason why people strap on vests and go blow themselves up. Like, he's that guy. He's that guy. Or get like a flashlight or something. Like, you just, even if you want to do some self pleasure, just maybe we should just, maybe we should all take a collection and send them a stripper. (laughs) <laughs> I mean should it be like a hot male stripper yeah no no it's got to be a male stripper you know what we should yeah. do maybe we should do this maybe we should send them a man a woman a trans and just let him pick <laughs> you know what I'm saying I mean have them all go and see what happens I mean yeah. I am I breaking any rules suggesting this I don't know but but I just feel that the world would be a better place There'd be less hatred in the world. Yeah, I think the more the merrier. You know, I think, and and this guy, he's admitted. He calls himself, well, he calls himself an incel. But that suggests that he's not doing it on purpose. Yeah, it's the involuntarily 
celibate part. And it's like, no, I think you're pretty much choosing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I believe that no woman wants to sleep with him because they look at him and go, well, yeah, you're gay. I mean, I'm in the radio business, right? So I meet a lot of involuntary celibates working at these stations. <laughs> but right. but they want to get it. Like, you know, if they could, they would. They just don't, right? But he doesn't want it. Or he says he doesn't want it. I, I think, you know, if he's never had it before, how does he not know he wants it or he doesn't want it? See, he wants something that somebody in his youth told him was bad, that it was yeah. evil, that he shouldn't do it. And this is the source of his. And now he's just spreading hate to the whole world because, you know, he can't get himself off. Exactly. And I don't know, Sarah. I mean, maybe we should just maybe we should put him on Tinder or something or Grinder or both. Yeah. And just see, you know, get people to swipe right for the guy. I don't know. I mean, first of all, I, I can't stand his anti-Semitism. I can't stand his right. hatred of women, of white, of everyone. I mean, I hate it. it, it it's disgusting to me. Uh, and that's the question, right? Is it's like, it, does he hate everyone? Is he, you know, this guy because he's not getting laid? I think he is. Just like I think that's the problem in the Middle East. I think it's a similar problem with ra- people who are radicalized. Not everybody in the Middle East. But people who become radicalized are people who are just living in this cycle of despair and not getting that outlet. I think, look, if Freud was alive today, he would agree with me. Of course, Nick Fuentes wouldn't agree with Freud because he's Jewish. So he'd have a problem with that. That's true. But to be fair, Freud thought everything was about sex. Well, he was right. All right, Sarah. So that last segment probably got me thrown off of at least five markets. But that's okay. I I can hear my syndicator calling me now saying, "Uh, Chris... Uh, maybe your talk about Nick Fuentes, but I truly do believe that that's his problem. Now, I don't, it's not an excuse for his hatred, but I do believe that's why he hates. I just, and, and I think that that's probably the case for most people who hate. Uh, you know, see, you know, like Donald Trump had it right. It could be a 400 pound guy in his basement, or it could be Nick Fuentes, right? That's yeah. what it is. <laughs> so there's no other option. That is really the, the two choices, or he could just be happy. And- yeah. Yeah, people. Big drag queen with a lot of glitter and. Yeah, whatever floats his boat. As long as he's not hurting anybody, I'm happy with. Just go do it. Yeah. You know, I mean, nobody's going to get, nobody's going to judge you. It's fine. Just do what you got to do. Oh, God. All right. So there's a lot going on. You know, speaking of doing what you got to do, Congress finally did something uh, about marriage equality and codified at least nationally. Now, they didn't extend it and make the states do it, which is the bigger problem because I think these courts right now are going to let the states do whatever the hell they want. Uh, but, uh, you know, give me your take here. So I am kind of uh, split on this because I'm all for, they didn't actually codify same-sex marriage. What they said is that all states have to recognize a marriage um, regardless of the person or the gender um, from every other state. So it's, it basically, like, if you're in Kansas or Oklahoma, um, they they pass uh, anti-marriage in, into the Constitution. So the second that the Supreme Court says, yeah, we're going to unmake same-sex marriage, you still can't get married in Oklahoma or Kansas anymore. You still have to travel somewhere right. to do it. But you, could still, but, they, but you could still be married in Oklahoma right. or Kansas. But it just seems so—I mean— 
then you're you're basically separate but equal. You know, it just you're not equal in your own state. Yeah. And that's not the way that it should ever work. I don't understand though, you know, look, I think that it's I think the voters this last election sent the message. Mm-hmm. These social conservative measures being handed down by the courts are unacceptable. And I would imagine that so look, I don't know that the courts influenced by this. In fact, I think they're not influenced by it. I think that there's a whole organization, you know, infrastructure set up around conservative justices to insulate them from the public, right? Uh, you know, the Federalist Society and all these other, you know, conservative, you know, legal organizations that make them feel like this is the way to go. And and they just never leave their they're they're in a bubble the same way a lot of people who vote Republican are in a bubble. Um but I think that the people who run for office are starting to feel the pressure. Well, interestingly, so we talked to a couple of people on the Hill, um, mostly senators this week. Uh, and I did a, a story about this where we had a bunch of different interviews asking Republican senators, like, what happened in Georgia? Like, what is it? You know, was it was it that he was a crappy candidate? Was it that, you know, he the issues were different? And I remember um there was at least one senator who whenever we asked about the policies, like, do you think that people just don't, you know, like the Republican policies? And she was just like, no, no, that's not it. I mean, and then she just rattled off a whole bunch of things that, you know, Republicans say how much they hate about Democrats, you know, like this or this or Biden this and the Senate this and Schumer and Pelosi and like, you know, all of the buzzwords, but there was, there were no solutions in there. And so she sort of walked herself into, you know, this ramble about, well, maybe if we had more optimistic solutions. And then you're just like, yeah, what if yeah. you just had any? Yeah. You know, like over and over again, it's it's the same thing with um, with McCain and the thumbs down, where everybody's all for repeal and replace, but you don't have your replace. Right. What's the replace? Right. There's no solution. It's just all negative. It's like, it's like, you know, Trump's, Trump's healthcare plans coming in two weeks. It's coming. It's two weeks out. No. Infrastructure week yet? Yeah. And Trump would come up with a plan behind closed doors and people would be like, "Um, Mr. President, that's Obamacare. That's what we have now. Mm -hmm. Oh, Oh, Mr. President, that's Medicare. That's single payer. We're all against that. Oh, we are? Like, that's what would happen when Trump was president. I, I, I'm i I'm telling you, I've heard this from people who work for him. The reason Absolutely. why... And, um, I mean, even with the, with the infrastructure stuff, whenever he was like, I'm going to pass this infrastructure stuff, and with the Republicans, um, you know, they were talking about one trillion, and he was like, why not make it two? Yeah, well, we need two and trillion. And Democrats were like, hell yeah, bring yeah. it on. Yeah, bring it. We'll do it. We'll do tri- two trillion. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It was his own party holding him back from those things sometimes, yeah. which was kind of funny when you think about it. But no, they never came up with another plan because the plans that they came up with are all the plans. The, Dem- plan. the Democrats co-opted their original plan, right? Exactly. It was... It was um, the Heritage uh, Foundation. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Romney passed it in Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. And then Obama said, all right, well, if Romney could pass it, I'll pass it. Right. And now Republicans are like, no, we don't want that either. Oh, no, no, no. no. So they're, they're really the problem Republicans have is they are just an opposition party. They are yeah. not a party that is capable of actually governing. And we're going to find that out in a major way 
in about three, in about five weeks when they take over the House of Representatives, four weeks when they take over the House of Representatives. And uh, we're going to see that they have no real ideas that all they're here to talk about is, you know, Hunter Biden's laptop and things they hate. Yep. It's all hearings. And even McCarthy is talking about that. Like he's listing off all the different hearings and it's like, what are your bills? Yeah. What legislation? What's your legislative agenda? What are you going to try to get done? Nothing. I mean, you've got actual Republicans and Democrats behind the scenes trying to figure out immigration at the last minute before they want to do it before Congress is, is, you know, switches over. Well, they should just pass. They should pass the 2013 immigration bill that passed the Senate. They should just pass that now in the House and send it to the Senate and it'll pass the Senate. Yeah. It was a it was a good bill. And by the way, it had something for everybody. There was border security money in that bill, you know, and there was a pathway to citizenship in that bill. And there was a process for workers in that bill. It had something for everybody. And it was a bipartisan Republicans. Yeah. Republicans in the Senate supported it. And Lindsey Graham, Lindsey Graham and Chuck Schumer drafted the bill in the Senate. And no Republicans in the House are going to vote for it anyway. So just let them, you know, do in their own whatever, uh, their own Nick Fuentes juice. Yeah. And Nick Fuentes' and problem is there is no juice. That's part of the problem with Nick Fuentes. <laughs> I think I just lost another three affiliates with that. But it's okay. Oh, <laughs> Lord. It's okay. Not a lot of money in radio these days anyway. So, we, you know. Uh, so <laughs> that's because you don't put out. I mean, that's so well, I do, just not on the radio. I'm not getting paid enough. Right. So it's, but but it's it's just a it's just a it's just one of those things though. It's like what do you stand for? We know what you're against. You're against everything good, right? You're against forgiving student loans, you're against health care, you're against infrastructure, you're against marriage equality. What are you for? You hate the gays, you hate the ladies. You hate, hate the, the gays, you hate women, you hate kids. You hate old people. You hate young people. You hate immigrants. You you know, okay, you like corporations, but what are you going to do for them? Because you you don't even like them because they're too woke for you now. What are you, what are you, what are you for? You know, I mean, that that has been my, my, my question to conservatives over and over and over again. What are you for? And they cannot tell me. (laughs) They're for they're for red state evangelicals. We're for uh, land masses having an equal right to vote as people. Like, right. that's what they want. Yeah. They want the land mass to have votes and the people not to have votes. Right. Shouldn't we gerrymander everything so that Democrats can never win? Okay, let's say yeah. Democrats never won. What are you going to do then? <laughs> like, what's your plan? Uh, smaller government? But that's never been the case when they actually govern. It's crazy. Uh, Sarah Brittany Griner coming home. Uh, Paul Allen still staying in Russia. Uh, we're sending uh, the merchant of death back to Russia in exchange. Uh, you know, I mean, look, I'm happy she's coming home. I mean, this is ridiculous that she's there. Uh, it's also ridiculous that there's a nation as big and powerful as Russia that will grab Americans just to make a deal like that. Uh, what do you make of what's going on? Yeah, I do think like the biggest shame out of all of this is it shouldn't have it shouldn't have happened to begin with where, you know, basically a a professional sports player in the United States doesn't make the same money as the male players do. So she has to go to another country 
um, you know, to in the off season. Right. To be able to make the money. And by the, the way, this is, she, and, and the uh, fact that she was arrested means no more American basketball players are going to Russia to play basketball. It's a ridiculous. Nobody thing. should. Right. Absolutely. Should. Um, but that's the, the, the start of it that really pissed me off. Um, you know, the second piece of it too is, you know, it's just pot. It's just And it pot. wasn't even pot. It was like a little bit of like oil. Yeah, it was a, a was it a vape cartridge? Yeah, it was like or... a, a single vape cartridge or something like that that she left in her yeah. vape thing. It's it's so it's, it's so dumb. It's so dumb. Uh, so dumb. I mean, but and and you're right, like the the fact that we're basically giving away this dude who is the merchant of death. Granted, he has been in prison for 15 years. Well, like 11 years, but he's been in custody for 15 years. Yeah. Um, I don't think he necessarily has all of the contacts that he used to. Maybe. Um, I don't know if the reason that they they really focused on him was because he used to be FSB and Putin used to be FSB, and so I don't know if they have a relationship. And that. Was oh, I'm sure they do. I'm sure they do. I think the the other piece too, and I heard this. Um, I can't remember who said it on MSNBC, but it made total sense. Is um, he knows where he sold all of his weapons to, and Russia needs weapons right now really bad. Um, mm. So that could be a part of it as well. You think they're going to get 13 year old weapons back? Like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, how desperate are you? Yeah, you yeah. Stuff from North Korea. For, yeah, I mean, for uh, and, and, maybe work. And and I'm sure Russia knows where he sold these weapons too, right? I mean, like, I don't, I I don't think a guy like that operated outside. I mean, the Russian state is not like the United States. They are a criminal enterprise. It's like a mob run state, frankly. Yeah. Uh, and and I this guy was a capo. I'm sure the Don knew where everything was going. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you would think if uh, if Putin is as in control as everybody thinks he is. Now, do you think you think that they made this deal knowing that they just picked up a lot of Russians in Germany and they probably could get Paul Weldon back that way? Maybe. Um, I mean, I think that there is probably another. I know that they were trying to get both of them for the for the um, the merchant guy. Um, but the Russians just wouldn't agree to it. Um, so I'm wondering if they're just going to try and do it through somebody else. Um, but I mean, this poor guy has been, remember, uh, Otto Warmbier, whenever Trump brought him back, Waylon was in Russia then. Yeah. He was in prison in Russia then. Like he's been there for a really, really long time. And it's just frustrating. And I feel so bad for his family. Um, I do think that it was more dangerous for Brittany Griner because she's a lesbian and Russia notoriously hates, you know, it's like, okay, they don't really like brown people. They don't really like, they really hate lesbians. They don't really like women that much either. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they well, certainly don't like Americans. Well, we're going to find out how they were treating her. Uh, you know, I mean, she's, yeah, she should be back momentarily. I mean, it, it's, it, it 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 was scary. I mean, they, she looked okay on the plane, right? She looked like she wasn't, you know, she hadn't deteriorated much in the nine months or so that she's been there. Yeah, uh, which is I good. I wonder if she'll ever be able to play ball again, like stuff like that, where you wonder how much of her life is over. Well, that's the problem. Um, like, this is a woman who was like six four, six five, and she was in a cell that was not much bigger than her. So I don't know how she was able to keep fit during those times. But you know what? 
you know, my experience with professional athletes is that uh, they are resilient and they get injured and they come back and they get back to that level. And I think this is going to be treated like an injury for her. And I think, you know, two months from now, she'll be back on the court doing what she does. I think that part of it is possible. The thing I, I worry about is the psychological impact. I mean, they had talked about a couple of months ago how she was losing hope. And, you know, I'm, there's got to be a piece of this that is really hard on you emotionally. Yeah. And, um, and I think that, too, is why they you know, grabbed her instead of Paul Whalen. Well, I am, you know, looking forward to hearing from her. You know, I, I am. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure that that's going to happen sooner rather than later. Uh, and I hope she gets paid a big sum of money for her first interview. Uh, so for all those people out yeah. there looking to, to land her an interview, uh, let's pay her because, you know, she just gave up nine months of her life uh, and she was going there so she could support her family. Uh, through the sport mm-hmm. that she's dedicated her life to, and maybe she should make a couple bucks off this and write a book about her experience or whatever it is. But it, it's it's a, you know, it, it, I'm happy she's coming home. I hope this other guy comes home. You know, this this situation with Russia needs to be resolved. We can't have this rogue actor on the world stage uh, for much longer. And and I feel like they've been embarrassed into submission somewhat by Ukraine, but not totally. And and mm-hmm. something's got to give here. And I frankly, I think the Chinese have got to be part of the solution too. And I know it's hard to say that, but I think that's got to be it. You know, we spent a lot of time talking about Donald Trump's asexual buddy, Nick Fuentes and, and, and yay. Uh, but we, we didn't spend any time talking about the fact that this man wants to tear up the constitution of the United States of America. And, and, and as bad as that is for me, what's worse is how few Republicans have come out and said, this man's a maniac, he has no place in our party. The only person who's really come out and said that was Mitt Romney, who's been, you know, voted to impeach the guy. So, you know, give credit where credit's due. Um, But even McConnell, when he condemned the statement, didn't really condemn Trump. Yeah, that's true. I mean, hell, it took us three days just to get John Cornyn to admit that, oh, I, I wouldn't have had brunch with Nick Fuentes. Yeah, yeah. no kidding. Yeah. Three days of tracking him down and asking him day after day after day until finally he was like, yeah, that's not something I would have done. Uh, I want to I wanna have lunch with that strange asexual man. I mean, I've had lunch with other white supremacists, but I wouldn't have lunch with the guy who would openly say it. Right, right. <laughs> right. Um. So, I mean, tracking people down for that and then... Tra- By the way, all of my southern senators kind of have a foghorn leghorn effect. I'll say, I'll say, I'll say, I would not. <laughs> and I know that that's demeaning to white southern senators, but I don't really care. So. Except Lindsey Graham sounds sort of like this breathless southern bell. No, Lindsey Graham, Lindsey Graham, I do, I do declare... <laughs> the vapors are just getting to me. I must lie down. No, I feel fine Lindsay, to have a mint julep that I could yeah, sip on. Exactly. He he looks like he should be hanging out in Savannah, or mm-hmm. or, or you know you know they got it wrong with Blanche Dubois in the <laughs> movies. Like she was supposed to be Louisianan, which is not the same as Southern Belle, but That's she was true. played as a Southern Belle which is different in Louisiana. So Lindsey Graham is kind of what people see as Blanche Dubois. I can always yeah. depend on the kindness of strangers. 
Donald Trump. Anything John McCain like was a stranger. Donald Trump's a stranger. You know, it's like, sorry. He needs like a nice peach-colored gauzy dress. I say, I say, I say, young man, <laughs> will you help me with my bookcase? <laughs> I don't know what that means. And there goes my affiliate in Louisiana. <laughs> so, so. Oh man, Louisiana people aren't like that. That's the thing. I do love Louisiana, but mostly because uh, I'm really into crawfish, um, and everything else that you could possibly put in a uh, a po' boy. No, more gumbo. I'm more into like the gumbos and the etouffee and the you know. I'm a saucy kind of. Kind of gal. You can't get good gumbo in New York. It's like one of the few things you can't get here. Like you could get yeah. good Vietnamese food, uh, any pretty much any international food. Gumbo is something they make in the South, and it doesn't come out the same up here for some reason. I have yet to find it. I'm sure there's probably a place. I just haven't found it. There's a little. There's a couple places in Washington that are okay. Um, but yeah, like one of the the I guess the the good thing of Katrina is that a bunch of people from New Orleans moved to Oklahoma City mm. uh, after the hurricane. So there are a couple of um, you know Cajun places that are legit Cajun. And when I'm home for the holidays, it's just like I will have all of the things, please. So we're digressing again because that's what happens. I'm when, sorry when friends talk about um, so friends who've never met. Uh, so let's let's talk about this though this tearing up the constitution. Um, when are conservatives going to say enough with this nonsense about losing the election? I, I read an article today that the Republican Party is seriously considering changing their stance on mail-in ballots because mm-hmm. they're losing elections because they're not encouraging people to use mail-in ballots. Um, you know, when are they going to part ways with these sore losers, the Carrie Lakes of the world, who I have been saying that my theory is she didn't really want to win. She wants to host the nine o'clock hour on Fox News. And I believe yeah. I believe she will be doing that on Sundays, on Saturday. She won't get she won't get nine prime time uh, Monday through Friday, but she'll get Saturday night at nine o'clock. She'll be the new Judge Jeanine Pirro. Um, when are they going to just stop? allowing people to run around being whiny little bees. Yeah, no kidding. And and I think just being generally bad candidates. It's one thing to be whiny and to have crap policies. But like even toward the end, Walker wasn't even out there campaigning. He no. would drive around with um, some of the other senators and hop out at a parking lot somewhere and talk to 20 people. And that was his idea of campaigning. Right. Um, he went to the football game, the Georgia game, during the holiday, during the um, Thanksgiving weekend, and that was really all he did. He didn't campaign at that game. Like, you would think that a guy who was, like, the all-time great from that school would have walked around the parking lot and talked to everybody and been a hero. Yeah, every car, every tailgate, everybody would have had a bumper sticker on the car when they left. You know, that kind of deal. And But no. Uh, I, I, look, I worked for a guy named Chuck Schumer who would go to Little League games and campaign to people who didn't know him. And this guy, everybody in that parking lot knew who he was. Every single person. And it would have been yep. a great thing. I mean, think about it. I mean, you know, I don't know if it would have won or lost, but he probably could have met 5,000 people that day. Yeah. They were afraid. And he probably could have met some people that were from other states. 
uh, that could have been really good donors. Yeah, but but most importantly, though, like you could have met a few voters within Georgia mm-hmm. who would have gotten excited about meeting you, and maybe they turn out and vote. And but they 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 were more afraid of him having a conversation that was caught on video that made him look like an idiot. Yeah. Because every time he opened his mouth, he looked like an idiot. And that's the problem when you nominate somebody to run for the United States Senate who cannot comprehend issues that are important to people in the United States Senate. But hey, Tommy Tuber's bill got elected, so there you go. Yeah, well, they hit him too, right? I mean, Tommy Tommy <laughs> Tuberville, you know, again, Alabama and Georgia are two very different states, right? And while, you know, you know, unless they would have found out that Tommy Tuberville was a pedophile, like the other guy that lost in Alabama, yeah. he, he was going to win. Um, and Tommy Tuberville wasn't as punchy. And I hate calling him. I Look, I hate kicking Herschel Walker on his intelligence and on the fact that, you know, as a former athlete, he probably got hit, you know, way too many times. Um, but Tommy Tuberville, you know, wasn't as bad as Herschel Walker. Yeah, that is very true. He did not have any debate uh, issues like werewolves versus vampires. Um, and I, but I think that really. By the way, what uh, would you rather be, a werewolf or a vampire? Um, I'm going to go with vampire because I wouldn't have to shave my legs. Yeah, me too. I, I, I'd go. With, I, I'd go with va- vampire, and I would just avoid werewolves. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, that's it. I'd be good. I, I'd avoid werewolves. I already avoid church. So I, I would avoid werewolves, church, and garlic. And, you know, the garlic part would be hard for me because I am Italian. That would be very difficult. Be very, I yeah. eat a lot of garlic. We were just talking about gumbo. I eat a lot of garlic. Um, uh, but, yeah, but I would, I would definitely go with vampire. I'd be on team vampire, if you will. <laughs> Does it make you shimmer, you know, like if it was that kind of vampire where you just you sort of looked like a just looked like a stripper all the time? Well, can I be my a vamp? Like, could the vampire me be me at, like, 19? <laughs> right like that's the thing is can i be the young hot vampire yeah do i gotta be mean now like that's the question see this is the debate herschel walker should have been having right exactly like do you get to These be the real issues that matter to yes him. yes it's funny though when he when that came up about his whole vampire thing i started talk thinking about when i was in law school and like debates i would have with other students in law school and we never really had great debates about the law one day we did have a major blowout debate about who would win in a fight, the uh, Starship Enterprise or a an Imperial Star Destroyer from Star Wars. Oh damn! I was on That's- Star. De- I was on Star Destroyer. I was like, look, Star Destroyer has a whole fleet of Tie Fighters that could take on the uh, the Enterprise. And they're like, well, the people who run the Enterprise are smarter. I'm like, it doesn't matter if you've got a thousand ships coming at you. You're going to die. They didn't have ships that came off of the of the Enterprise that would attack you. That's true. But you probably could have gone back in time and just blown them up before they even got started. That, well, that's true. This, the, There's the, always the time loop thing. Yes, that is true. See, you see that? This is why we have you on. For these deep insights on issues that matter to Americans Every single day. So, you know, and again, I think we started this conversation just now talking about Trump ripping Don't up the Constitution, the Constitution. And, and, and why Republicans won't, you know, denounce it. I mean, it. they won't do it because they're afraid. That's and, and, really but let me ask you this. And, and I, I said this at the beginning of the show. I think that before Kevin McCarthy and his majority 
read the Constitution aloud on the floor of the House of Representatives, every reporter in Washington should ask every Republican who's about to do that how they feel about Donald Trump ripping up the Constitution. And does that disqualify him from being president? And if the, I mean, frankly, we followed a bunch of them around and asked them, and they are they him and haw, and they dance around it as much as they can because they, they do not want to say, you know, like a lot of them are like, oh, well, you know, I think there could be some changes and some updates, and it's like, wow. Yeah. Well, until they dump him, they're stuck with them. And Sarah, I'm not stuck with you. I've got to end this interview right now. It's always great. <laughs> Check her out in Raw Story. I tweet out her stuff all the time. She's one of the best. Sarah Burris, thank you for joining me. Always fun. Thank you. Everybody have a good holiday season. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. All right, that's my good friend, Sarah Burris, another good friend who I've never met, but I've done a lot of radio with, some television, mostly radio. She's fantastic. Check her out at Raw Story. All right, so uh, I think I've said enough for one day about politics. I think we're going to get into the season now where we focus on our family, we focus on our friends, we focus on relaxing. I know I like to relax at the end of the year. I'll be doing that this year. I always do. Um, so I hope you're, you're, you're gearing up for that. I think I have one more radio show next week, so you'll get an interview more than likely next week. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe I'm just going to do a radio show without a guest. Sometimes I do that. And then I'll just come back here and talk to you without a guest. And I think that's fun. I think some of you like it. By the way, I want to know if you like it without a guest or with a guest or both. Maybe you like them. You don't care. You have no preference. You just enjoy the show. Uh, please go to my website, ChristopherHahn.com, and there's a, uh, a way to contact me there. It's an email. I read them all. So uh, if you uh, have a suggestion for a guest or topic, Make sure you reach out to me that way. Uh, and if you have a preference for the way I do the show, please let me know. I'd really like to hear from you. But with that, I'm going to remind you now, as I always do, to seek the truth. Question everyone and everything, even me. Seek the truth. I know it's out there, and I know you'll find it if you look for it. And I'll be back here again next week to tell you the truth as I see it. I'm Chris Hahn. Thanks for listening to the Aggressive Progressive Podcast. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.